On this podcast, our teen hosts discuss real life with real people. We hope to inspire others by sharing stories of individuals and pairs of friends who have dealt with mental health challenges or just the ups and downs of life and discussing what brought them healing and inner peace. In these episodes, we also talk about the role that friendship and connection plays in a person's emotional well-being. Subscribe to this podcast to be a part of our Friends on Air family. Welcome to the third episode of season two. Woo! Okay. Awesome. So hi, I'm Chloe. I am a senior and I'm going to be one of your hosts for today. Hi, I'm Maya Zerman. Um, I'm also a senior and I'll be your second host for today. Hi, I'm Allie. I'm the wellness coordinator here at the Friendship Circle. I have a counseling and mental health background, so I will be chiming in on that. And I am so excited for the topic and the speaker that we have today. Thanks, Allie. I'm Ayala. I'm the Teen Member Engagement and Partnerships Coordinator at Friendship Circle. And I get to work on all of our wellness initiatives, which includes this podcast. And I'm super excited for today's conversation. Um, Excited to be here. Awesome. So in today's episode, we're going to be exploring the roots of Friendship Circle. As we know it, it's inception and inclusion and the healing power of friendship and how we look at mental health, self, and community wellness by hearing from Rifki Rudolph, the co-founder of our very own Pittsburgh Friendship Circle. Welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm truly honored. Yeah. A little Um, nervous to meet the expectations because (laughs) the guests that have come before me have been like so cool to listen to (laughs) and you guys do such a great job. I hope I don't disappoint. You were not going to. So, (laughs) Rifki, give us a little bio. All right. I am Rifki Rudolph. Grew up in Pittsburgh, stayed in Pittsburgh, left a little bit here and there, but now thank God raising my family here and so grateful to have been a part of building this friendship circle community um, with a lot of great people that I get to interact with all the time. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Raise my family and show up at Friendship Circle. Awesome. So in a sentence or two, um, what are you here to talk about? Whatever you guys want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm here to talk a little bit about how Friendship Circle's inclusion model has evolved over the years and how we eventually got to the point where we're um, really focused on being sure to be aware of supporting all of our members in their mental health journeys in whatever way that we can. So kind of the story of how we got to that point and what we do. So at the beginning of each episode, we like to ask a fun speed round question. Um, So the question today is, how do you choose your friends? (sighs) All right, the lazy answer, (laughs) or the honest answer, I should say, like, Whoever I'm like easy to get in touch with, the people that's that I'm around, yeah. the people who I interact with anyway. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's been like my thing and something that I think about a lot, especially as we talk about friendship formation all the time at Friendship Circle. And I think about my own journey of friendship, you know, since I was a kid, as an adult now. And really, like when I think about friendship in my life, it's always been like, the people who have been like immediately around, mm-hmm. like my sisters, the people who I was mm-hmm. in high school with, the people who I didn't branch out much. And that's, that's which has been fine. It's worked well for me, but Friendship Circle has really opened my eyes to maybe friendship opportunity that I missed. 
and um, how I think about friendship in my adult life. So I think my new answer around that, you know, when I think about myself as an adult and how I choose my friends, I would say um, when I'm being intentional in choosing my friends, it's the people that I feel good around, Mm -hmm. the people that I feel good when I walk away from about myself. Um, So that's like my friendship goals (laughs) as an adult, I'd say. That's good. Do you find that it's like been harder for you to find those people when you've been surrounded, like throughout those people that you've just been surrounded with? Or is it easier now for you now that you genuinely know what a connection is supposed to be like and feel like to find someone who like fits those requirements almost? Yeah, I think it's like, you know, one ever wants to think of friendship as like a job or responsibility, mm-hmm. you have to like go friendship looking yeah, <laughs> or seeking. I think it's more like expectations and managing expectations around mm-hmm. your friends. And I think that's something that your question was like, is it easier? No. Like it's, um, if anything, it's probably harder. Yeah, it's harder, but it doesn't mean you let go of the people who don't meet that exact criteria. It's just Mm -hmm. like recognizing like who are the people in your life that you interact with because they're part of your life and who are the people that you really want them to show up in the way that you want a friend to show Mm -hmm. up and just being realistic and intentional about that. Yeah. So it's part of growing up, I think. And I think my hope is like training kids at a younger age to understand like what friends can be. Like hopefully they'll be able to you know make friends more intentionally, um, and you know benefit from what all that friendship has to offer at an even younger age, mm-hmm. and show up for other people who need that too. This is definitely a hard question. I think we're in an age where we are choosing our friends still, hundred percent. I think just like the main thing for me is being with people who make me feel really good about myself. Um, that embrace all my characteristics, you know, all the things I do, all my habits, I think is people I really like to spend time with and are on the same moral and, you know, have the same values as I do, I think is really important for me. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I mean, personally, I have started to recognize myself as someone who like, I can be in any friend group because like I can, I, it's called the chameleon effect where Mm -hmm. like, you can be with people and you just adapt to how they are and like Mm -hmm. their mood. And I have started to realize that like, I'm like that. And I like, kind of like you were saying, trying to find the people who like actually make me feel good has been like, I'm starting to realize that like those people are different than the people I thought were like my friends that I've had forever. And so like making these new friendships, I'm starting to understand like, how different friendships can be and how important they really are. Those were both. Really I know, that is such a wise thing to know mm-hmm. at a young age. Yeah. Because I honestly, like, looking back, I remember that being the same case for myself. Like, I had a lot of friend groups, and I would stick with them because I'm like, I have friends. Like, yeah. this is this is natural. Mm-hmm. This is what it's supposed to be like. But after a while, um, it's almost like a, like a battery, and mm-hmm. it's draining. And you're like, why do I not feel great after these interactions with people? I think it, there's some intentionality about recognizing what are the characteristics that I want in a friend's and are, are they meeting that? Right. So hats off to you guys for already being like cognizant of that. I think that's very impressive. I agree. I'm definitely very picky about my friends, mm, like who I you. intentionally spend time with. I'm picky about everything in my life. But friends, <laughs> yeah, yeah. friends are not different. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Was that, do you have a separate answer or was that part of it? Um, I mean, that definitely can be part of it for me, but um getting older, I think trust is such Mm -hmm. an important thing. Um, You'll see that it's 
it's better to have a couple very loyal friends who will always be with you than it is to have, you know, 10 friends who, who might be mm-hmm. fair weather friends, as they say. Mm-hmm. So trust and really people who will match your your loving, compassionate, like, spirit. I think that's important. I mean, growing up, like, I always wanted to have a group, like, my people. Like, even now, like, I don't – It's un- like, I'm never going to have, like, those people who are my people. I have friends. I have, like, friends who I can go to and I can tell things to. But, like, I go to different friends for different reasons yeah. now. Like, I have these people who I trust and who I have these relationships with, but – I'm not going to go to, like, my one friend about something who, like, doesn't give me anything back. Yeah. Like, if they, like, push, pull, put everything on me, like, I'm fine with that. Like, I can be your therapist friend, but I'm not going to come to you to give you that information. It's good to, like, have those other outlets and those other friends, mm-hmm. which is just, like, hard, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. after, like, COVID and, like, just friends are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Teenager, being a teenager is hard. (laughs) Teenager is super hard. (laughs) Yeah, and I think this is going to blend well into some of our other questions that we have. I'm wanting to get all over being reciprocal right now, but I'm going to hold on it. (laughs) I know. Same, honestly. And I'll answer the question. Yeah, such good insight from both of you, really. I agree. And acknowledging that it's hard because that's a big one. Like, people just associate friendship with like friendship and fun, like, just kind of goes together. Yeah. Like, well, because when you're little, it's just like, oh, your parents will make you play dates with whoever and then you can just hang out. But like, it's it's not like that when you are like in high school. You hang out to like relax and chill. And like, it's not like that when you're a kid. Yeah. Other things. I would like, my answer is going to be echoing what you guys are saying. I think that resonates completely with me. Um, especially the, my, what you said also like rang true that like spend time around people who lift you up mm-hmm. and who like embrace you completely and wholly mm-hmm. and who also encourage you to be better, who aren't just, yeah, I think who just make you a better person and, um, who you feel like truly yourself around. So that's what my answer would be. But those were deep answers, everyone. They were. I also want to say, and I may be cutting into some of the future questions you may have, um, that's something at Friendship Circle we've kept a close eye on over the years, like what the expectation is at different ages for what does friendship look like at different age? If we're all about offering friendship to everybody, making sure everyone has access to friendship, like what does friendship mean to different people? And when you're a kid, yes, it means, you know, play dates on a Sunday or invitations to birthday parties and how does that evolve as you grow up and what does friendship mean to people at different stages of their life mm-hmm. and as the friendship circle how can we support you through that and how can we make sure that everyone is really you know having whatever opportunities they can to be able to experience um that that important meaning of friendship to them whatever it may be so it's interesting to hear that you guys have recognized that and um you know, we continue to use your insight on making sure that we're doing what we can to support you in that way. So branching off of that, um, can you tell us a little bit about like, like how you really like knew that you wanted to start Friendship Circle and that like Friendship Circle isn't really something that like when I explained it to my friends, they're like, what? They're like, (laughs) you're just like going and hanging out and like being friends with people. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So like, how did you like start that knowing that it wasn't really something that like is already formed? Great question, Chloe. And I would love to hear your older sisters answer that question because it's so cool to me how 
friendship circle. Um, our mission has evolved over the years mm -hmm. and it's neat to see the impact on different generations. So uh, for those of you that haven't been here forever, Chloe's older sisters were both involved. Katie probably was here when we, you know, in our early days. Mm -hmm. um, and back then when we first started Friendship Circle, we were using a totally different friendship model where we were pairing teen volunteers with friends that had disabilities. And, you know, it was an interesting setup. It kind of worked in that kids who were having a hard time making friends got paired up with a teen volunteer who showed up like ready to serve and, you know, all inclusion yeah. glasses on, ready to be accepting and, and embrace this individual for who they are, which, you know, has its merit and it worked really well for a little bit. But what we were starting to realize is that and really hearing it from the kids is that, hold on a minute, like I'm getting just as much out of this as, you know, my special friend is. And I kind of cringe when I say that now because we've, yeah. we've, um, it's not really a term that's used here any anymore. Anymore, yeah. Right. That's why I say. Like, I mean, from as from as long as I've been involved, it's like never been like I've a been term. Just right. Friends. It's yeah. a friend. Friends. It's a member. You're a member, right? And and what we did at the time, or 2016, probably about five years in, ten years, eight years in, um, before we purchased this space, like our, our home now on Murray Avenue, is that we recognized based on like feedback and watching what was going on was that friendship by definition is meant to be reciprocal. And if we're setting it up that one person, first of all, like applying labels saying you have the, you're the volunteer yeah. and you're the, you're the friend. And this person has the upper hand and this person is being helped when what was actually happening was that they were experiencing real friendship. We were just putting the wrong terms to it. We were kind of setting them up to like have to figure it out on their own. And what we were hearing back from many of these authentic friendships that were forming was like, I'm getting just as, as I said, I'm getting right. just as much out of this, if not more than my friend is. My friend is looking at me for who I am and I'm able to show up as myself because of that. And that's where true friendship forms when people like allow themselves to be vulnerable. And um, it took us some time to kind of like catch on to like, hold on, what are we doing? That's, you know, working against our mission in a way. Um, a little history. Friendship Circle is actually a national organization that was started by Rabbi Levy and Basi Shemjo in Michigan and Detroit, and they've been very generous with their model and have shared Friendship Circle as a concept um, to anyone who's really interested in opening up a chapter. It's been, you know, a little more structured over the years, but back when Rabbi Morty and I started Friendship Circle in 2006, we were really just interested in um, offering something in specifically in the Jewish community for kids that had um, disabilities. They weren't included. It kind of came to our attention. We were young, just moved back to Pittsburgh, looking for like something to do. Um, did you know, did you know any children who had trouble making friends or children of special needs or just like you guys felt it was something to do? Like No, which is why right away we were like, nope, not for us. Like, sounds like a great concept. Pittsburgh could totally benefit from it. We agree. We're totally down for like making the world a better place. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Um, but we just don't think we're the right people for mm -hmm. it because I didn't have a background in disability or special ed. I was a kindergarten teacher at the time. Loved that. Um, and we were just like, this is great, but you know, not, not for us. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it was for that very reason that we realized like we are the perfect fit for this because why don't we know anyone with a right. disability? Why is this such a foreign concept to us? Why are we why do all of our friends look just like us more or less? Um, That's one of the most impactful things I've heard you say. I remember it was the, um, 
the like graduation for the teens last year and you had said something very similar to that and I was sitting there just like listening to it and I was like wow if I wasn't in friendship circle like I don't think I would like have as many people in my community like as I do as I know I wouldn't be as comfortable around people who are different than me as I am just because it's like something so like big at friendship circle and just like every time you say some of that I'm just like wow like like I it's just like a like my mind is like I don't know how to you know what I mean like well because it's not what you expect of yourself like you're you're a kind person you're a compassionate person I remember at the time also like I was like we went through we went through the Jewish day school system Mm -hmm. here in Pittsburgh grew up with these values of you know treat yourself as treat your others as you'd like to be treated or um and for whatever reason, like we weren't ever like actually then given the opportunity, like, all right, here's how, to, here's what mm-hmm. you can do. So honestly, when we went to the first, we went and visited a friendship circle, the one in New Jersey. Um, and I remember at the time hearing something that like Morty and I like, we're kind of like, I think we can do this. Um, what, 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 like, what, what was it? It was about the fact that this is about community. This isn't about helping kids with disabilities. This is about leveling the playing field in community and why aren't kids with disabilities included and who can we rally to make sure that everybody's included. And um, teenagers, you are a target. Right. <laughs> um, you're at an age where first of all, you are you know, being primed for community service, mm-hmm. make the world a better place. Many of your schools I know even require community service hours. I remember when I was in high school, I don't know if this was the case, we went to the same high school we had to do what was called chesed hours where we had to like have a requirement yeah. of three hours that we needed to do it. So we were like actually as part of our curriculum, like practicing, yeah. showing up and doing kindness for others. And I remember I would do them cause I had to, <laughs> um, this idea of like that moment happened, but like, what did I do beyond like, right. It was a, helping. I have to do this moment. Yeah. And I think I was doing good in the moment, right. but like, did I actually make the world a better place because mm-hmm. of that? Like have, has, have I changed as a person because I did yeah. that, but I changed my way of thinking other than maybe now I know how to do someone's laundry and before I didn't, mm-hmm. or, you know, helping someone with, you know, a task that they needed help with that I learned how because I needed the help in the moment. Like those are good things and there's, there's place for that. But when it comes to like community service, I was like, how am I actually like, making an impact on community. But I was actually wasn't questioning it at the time. This is me like thinking back to right. that community service time. Um, so Frank, you know, fast forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we are. That So that was like a little bit of our aha moment of like, this isn't about, you yeah. know, having the right background. This is about recognizing the gap that mm-hmm. there is. And if we're the ones seeing the gap, like we're the ones that need to address it. Right. And we're the people that are the ones that haven't made the space for people in our lives that may look or act different than we do. And if we have an opportunity to um, to model that for the youth of the community that we grew up in, like, let's give it a shot, you know, why not? Let's try. <laughs> so we were like into it, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay, fine, we yeah. can do it. And at the time, and I'll, you know, talk a little bit more about this, recognize that there's, you can always surround yourself with the people who have the expertise and knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. that you don't have. You just have to have the intention. Mm -hmm. And we were like totally focused on like, all right, what's the gap in our community and like, what do we bring to it? And then who else do we need to um, get on board to help us with this? Yeah. All right. Thanks for that awesome answer, Rifki. So how has the mission of Friendship Circle evolved over time, specifically in the way that we've acknowledged teen and community members' mental health? 
All right. So we talked already about how we kind of like merged, you know, that it's not so much about teens helping Mm -hmm. kids with disabilities. This is about, you know, true friendship um, and how that model for social connection has evolved. So um, without like defining Friendship Circle as a program that is responding to mental health needs, the structure and components of our entire program have always included like key aspects Mm -hmm. to just overall well-being of our members. I would think that, like, mental health wasn't even talked about. I mean, not, like, talked about, but, like, really, like, thrown into Friendship Circle until I feel like you came into Friendship Circle. Because you at least have been, like, the loudest voice of mental health. So, like, like, I being younger, you aren't, like, super involved in Friendship Circle. And so, like, as, like, I feel like I kind of came into Friendship Circle as you came into Friendship Circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, like. In teens, as a staff, as, yeah. as a staff, and me as a teen, mm-hmm. and so like, mental health really became this like bigger thing that was talked about within friendship circle, which like I didn't even realize it wasn't talked about until mm-hmm. you had that one guy come for training tracks who was like, yes, Ayala had come to me and like, <laughs> oh yeah, and like that whole Robert like Anthony full circle moment, and Malcolm, right? Malcolm, yeah. yeah, and like We're I, just, have him. I so hadn't even right. realized yeah. that like it wasn't really talked about until like you had made me think about that and like it might have been in friendship circle but it hadn't been like one of I feel like now it's like a core theme almost yeah like I think it was probably always it was like part of our values but not like maybe like there wasn't as much of a focus was there a wellness coordinator no yeah it's not even in my job title it just happened (laughs) like during the year last year so this is important because that everyone brings something to the friendship Mm -hmm. circle and i think that chloe to your point about like this wasn't necessarily core value it wasn't a focus and you're 100 percent right about that friendship circle our motto is show up as you are and we'll support you and that as you are is like can be defined and you know such a broad term and when you know we do member intake for example we talk to the person we understand like who are you and what would you like to get out of friendship circle how can you you know bring your best self and how can we support you and oftentimes you know it's about just showing up to have fun um, Drew always reminds me of that. Yeah. Like, calm down, Ricky. This is just about having fun. Like, yeah. yes, we're getting these people involved in a really important mission, but like, mm-hmm. let's just remind everyone this is about having fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, so much of that inclusion is around like, what does that person need to be? What parts of themselves need to be acknowledged? And of course, we're you know recognizing whatever types of accommodations need to be made around like, a physical accessibility if individuals have you know intellectual disabilities we want to make sure that they're just as included and have opportunity to participate and contribute and i think it was about um it was pre-pandemic so it was like 2019 when um mental health in general was just starting to be more talked about mm-hmm. uh Isla, that was probably your era of advocating as a teen mm-hmm. um just for mental health in general. And I think it was at that teen training track where you recognized that that was something that you felt passionate about and wanted to advocate for and um, have done so much with that. We're lucky that we've got her back in friendship circle now in the official role. (laughs) This is going on record. Um, Alan, don't cut. And it's taken some time. It it took me some time to, Mm -hmm. to recognize, honestly, like our board of directors was a little bit reluctant to say like are you sure this is within friendship circles mission we can't be all things to all people how are we you know trying to support everyone and you know we tried to you know look around and say we don't friendship circles never been an organization that wants to duplicate what other 
um, local organizations are doing. We always mm-hmm. work together. We totally value our partnership. So right. we looked every way to say like, oh, this person's doing that or that person's addressing that. And ultimately what we recognized, and of course the pandemic accelerated the need for social connection and, and, and the recognition and how much that mm-hmm. interfaces with yeah. one's mental health, um, that mental health is just another aspect of who you are. And that if anyone is struggling with that and needs to be seen for that, then we need to show up and support you mm-hmm. in that way. And that that needs to be completely intertwined with everything it is that we're building in to support our members. So as a community, whatever it is um, that our members need support in, like Friendship Circle is committed to showing up for that. So that's like the the short answer of how Friendship Circle has yeah. gone into mental health. Now, once we started building our programming and, and you know, thinking about, all right, we're committed to mental health and um, keeping positive mental health for our individuals who are, you know, showing up. Um, okay and supporting those who are struggling what does that what does that look like in friendship circle and how can we make sure that you know you guys are showing up you're here um, friendship in some way and you can share a little bit about what it is about friendship circle that allows you to feel safe and maybe mm-hmm. a little more vulnerable than you would at other places we want to make sure that we're able to show up and support you in that way so our initial thought was we need to really bring it into all of the programming that's already happening. What it evolved into because, you know, we brought on such great staff and you guys, you know, made such a initiative out of it was that we have like specific wellness things mm-hmm. um, that we offer. But ultimately what we want to do is really integrate it into everything that we're doing and making sure that whatever's happening here, we're taking whatever opportunities we can to support you. And that was when we took a little deeper dive into our mission and recognized that there were so many aspects of Friendship Circle that was already, um, supporting the well-being of individuals and we did a little research on it and um dr laura marshak who's been an advisor at friendship circle she and i talked a lot about this kind of before we committed to it um and then how how it really plays a role in the organization and um some of the ways that friendship circle has been intentionally structured to support the emotional well-being of members of our community have like long been identified as key supports Mm -hmm. in individuals. And those are things like social connection and friendship, key components to a person's wellness. I mean, that's what Friendship Circle is. Um, You know, the value of friendship and connection can't be undervalued. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what we're all about. So so that's one. Um, Another aspect, um, fun. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Key component to wellness. Yeah. Um, You know, so that's our rule at Friendship Circle. Everyone always says, have fun. Um, a sense of purpose. Have you guys read um, A Man's Search for Meaning? Yes. No. no. All right. Put it on your read list, <laughs> first read of all, list. by Dr. Victor Frankel. Um, and one of the things that he wrote, he was a Holocaust survivor, so he talks about um, a sense of purpose being key to his survival. Mm-hmm. And oh, he wrote I Life. I have heard of it, too. Yeah. 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 It's a good, I mean, you can skip around also. If you're, I'm that kind of I feel reader, like also. I read the index yeah. and start from the back, skip around. I feel like there's like videos about him too. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Uh, life is never made unbearable by circumstances, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. So, like, we can get through stuff. Can I expand on that really yeah. quickly? Um, in my health class, they had people from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention come in, and they told us a study that out of there's an idea. Oh, this is in class. Um, I don't want to butcher it. It starts with an I. I forget it. Um, it's a concept in 
Jap- Japanese culture um, that like life has a meaning. Life has meaning, and they found that of people that felt that life had meaning, they sixty percent lower rates of cardiovascular disease. Oh wow! Because it helps you like. Just this idea that you have purpose in life helps you on every measure. Mm. And Friend Circle fosters that in incredible ways. Um, and we know that it's not only good to physical health, but also to mental being. So important. So you've talked a lot about um, Friendship Circle as a whole, the core values of it, um, and Friendship Circle as a community, um, the involvement of the Jewish community and just the greater Jew- uh, the greater community of Pittsburgh. But can you talk about why the concept of community is so important? Sure. So um, Friendship Circle is community, and I think that's one of our core values. And we were talking a little bit earlier about our middle schoolers who come into Friendship Circle who want leadership opportunity. Um, One of the first things that we do is say, all right, guys, like, what does community service mean to you? And then we break it down on Friendship Circle terms. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a quote in Judaism that says that the 600,000 letters of the Torah are compared to the 600,000 souls of the Jewish nation. And we also know it's in Judaism that the Torah is considered incomplete if one letter of the Torah not only is not is missing, but if it has even yeah. just a little scratch, um, a, any yeah, any kind of incompletion or um, affected in any way doesn't doesn't look complete. And the entire Torah is affected. And because we have this analogy to the letters of the Torah being compared to community, we also know that a community is incomplete without every single person, like every single person, not just the important ones, not just if the majority of the communities is is in a good place, but every single person needs to be feeling complete and whole and access to reaching their potential in order for the community to be complete. And that's that's really you know, when you ask about how this relates to community, Friendship Circle um, values every single person. And we recognize that every person has should have a sense of purpose and has a sense of purpose. We just want to um, help you bring that out and give you opportunity to share that with us. And then we, we all get to um, appreciate the benefits of that, like making space for each other. And that's one of the things, you know, back to the middle schoolers, mm-hmm. we start from, all right, we're all here. Like, what do we all bring to the table? And I think that's the biggest way that Friendship Circle has evolved over the years, where it's like sometimes you think about, you know, people needing like their specific role when they come into something like, all right, I'm either being the helper or I'm mm-hmm. being helped. Right. At Friendship Circle, yeah. we just show up and mm-hmm. we experience each other and we bring something and we benefit from the people mm-hmm. around us. And we also are OK just being together. Um, and that's what community should be. And that's right. I think right. that's what makes a community Great. whole. What a yeah. beautiful answer. Okay, I'm really excited for this next question. Uh, I don't even know what it is. I, I, I'm really just intrigued how you do it all. Um, so <laughs> having a family, running the friend and circle, being with family and friends and doing other things that you find rewarding must be very challenging. Mm. We feel that same way with all the activities and things going on in our own lives. Can you talk to us, teens, Isla, Ali, um, about how you show up for yourself? And from your perspective, what does showing up really mean? This is a really hard one because that's something yeah. that I really struggle with. I know we all do. Yeah. Um, I think reminding myself, and this is recent because it's something that I've worked on. Um, yes, I am all over the place. <laughs> what you just described is like I got dizzy just hearing it. <laughs> um, 
I fill up my calendar too tightly. Here, here. <laughs> um, I want like I my if we if our pop question I think you guys have had it like is uh you know if you could have a superpower mine would be being able to be in two places at once mm -hmm. because I don't like missing out on things and I put a lot of stress on my uh, on myself to like be present where I am but I'm almost always thinking about like where else I mm -hmm. I could be or need to be or mm -hmm. you know should be I've tried to let go of the shoulds um. So the question is, how do I show up? Yeah, for, for family, especially like mm -hmm. your mom of four, four, four kids, <laughs> and then you also run this entire yeah. friendship circle. All right, so I'll start out by saying that like one of my like life hacks or MOs, and I'm not recommending this, it's not a try it at home kind of thing, <laughs> this is just what works for me, is that I tend to like not focus on things until they need my immediate attention. All right. This is not like an organizational skill that I'm proud of, <laughs> but it's how I get through it. It's yeah. how I show up. Um, you know, I'll look at my calendar so I have an idea of what's going on like the next day or that week, but I won't start, you know, diving into my script until an hour before here. Yeah. Like, I'll know what I need to have prepared to get it done, but I won't focus on it until it's right there. Um, over the years, that's like, it's, you know, affected me in not such great ways, especially organizationally. So one of the things that I would say I've learned to do also as um, is surround myself with people who complement that. So um, who are more organized, who can help me, you know, schedule those things in, in a way that I can actually be prepared when I'm actually ready to give my focus to the people who need my attention. So I think that the way that I show up is try to be in the moment as much as possible. Um, I think also sometimes telling myself like, that's okay. I have a lot going on and like probably too much going on. Um, and I'm grateful for a lot of things that I have going on, but it's also okay to sometimes just be like, it's too much going on. Mm -hmm. There's too much going on. Um, so I think that's how I show up for myself. It's really just saying that like, okay, I, I took on too much today and I'm overwhelmed right now and I'm going to power through it because I committed to it for today. Unless of course I actually need to, you know, get yeah. out of it. Um, but I'm also going to say, remind myself that I also need to take a step back and show up for myself in other ways. Um, so do you then find yourself like time to do that? Like, or do you, or does it wait until your next free time? Like, does that make sense? Like time for what? Time to just like refresh and just like have a minute for yourself and like breathe again rather than just go, go, go. Like. Um, I will say that when I don't find the time, like it has a negative impact and mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. Like right. no one wants you showing up, like not ready to be present, you know, unless they're ready to support you, which most people right. in my life are, but you're not really helping the people you're trying to show up for if you're not showing up for yourself. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've actually learned at Friendship Circle in the early days when I was trying to teach our volunteers how to show up for somebody else, um, but even today, to kind of translate it into in our, in our more current terms, to to model for what it means to be a friend, that you really can't show up for someone else unless you're showing up for yourself. And I've learned so much about um, the way that I interact with other people by how I'm showing up for myself. Like if someone's making me uncomfortable, it, there's no way it's something that they're doing. It's mm -hmm. how am I... Yes what's what's going on with me that I'm responding yeah. in this way like you're never going to be able to control yeah. how people show right. up you can only control how you're responding Absolutely. to it and if it's not feeling good or if it's not um 
working for you, it's working you and you got to walk away from it. So I think that that's probably been um, something that I've learned a lot about showing up. So interacting with so many different kinds of people, um, how do you find yourself changing as a result of that? Interacting with so many different people has really been the biggest gift of Friendship Circle. It's like what got excited, what got me excited from, you know, forget it, from getting into it to what like gets me excited about walking in here every day. I just love all the people that I get to interact with. I love that I get to interact with so many people. I recognize that we, we grow as, as individuals from every interaction that we have and um, being able to interact with so many different people has no doubt changed me as a person. I was a very young adult when I started Friendship Circle. How old were you? 23. Abby Blank and I were talking about that at lunch today. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> insane it was lunch. that you started Friendship Circle. Katie's older than you than when you started Friendship yeah, Circle. Yeah, that's doing crazy. Pretty cool stuff. That's crazy. I, I, it, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, and on and twenty-three. So I, I kind of grew up with Friendship Circle. Like I say, my kids grew up with Friendship Circle, but I grew up with Friendship yeah, Circle. You, Morty and I grew up together in Friendship Circle. Developing by the time you start, right? Um, I don't know. It starts at twenty-five. Yeah. So no doubt, like I don't mean to sound cliche when I say Friendship Circle has made me who I am, but I it truly it, has. Yeah. And and the core values of Friendship Circle are some of the biggest core values in my life and my family life. And I'm just grateful for having all the support and the people that have like gotten us to this point. Friendship Circle as an organization is responsive in nature. So we get to kind of keep our ear to the ground and see what the needs are and how we can show up and support each other. And I get to do that and be a part of responding and, and, and seeing people like you grow up into such caring um, individuals who, who know how to listen. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, That's something that Ayala and I were talking about um, a little bit ago. We were making a presentation for my school. We were like writing something about inclusion and we were having trouble coming up with examples because like, obviously you're just kind, obviously you include people and you're just nice to people, but that's friendship circle thinking. That's that's, so funny. Yeah. To me only because like hearing you say it. And again, like Chloe, when I'm like Maya, I've known, I've known you as Maya, Chloe, I've also known you since you were a kid. Right. And like I have grown up with like you've grown up with friendship circle in a sense. Your kids are growing up with a different form of friendship circle. And I like to think that I grew up in like a huge transition period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were saying about the how like being part of friendship circle is like oh, a mindset. Yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. is such a mindset. <laughs> it is. It is. Because well, yeah. like you're just nice to people, obviously. Yeah, but yes, obviously. You're nice to people, obviously. <laughs> but like there's some people who like it's right. not like that automatic thinking, like, yeah. oh, it's not my like, oh, I don't need to or it's like someone sitting alone at lunch, my first thought is go sit with them. Right. Not because you're trying to get like mitzvah points for the no, day. Right, but because, because that's what it, we do. it's the yeah. right thing to do. It's just you do the right thing and that's what you do. But like some of my friends are like like, no, like, they're sitting by themselves. Like, they can come sit with me if they want. Yeah. Right. But, like, you have to and you have to make that move. And that's yeah. something that Friendship Circle has, like, shown me. You I have so to initiate it. I say it is a learned skill. That's what it has shown you. That means that hopefully people coming in, if it's not a natural thing to them, uh, that, they, that they can learn about mm-hmm. it and it becomes more natural. Yeah. Really, when we're talking about, like, an inclusive community. Like, it's so nice to hear you say it's a given to me now, like I've grown up in, in this way, in this friendship circle way. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's like nurture it. versus nature. I, I grew up with this. So like, 
Yeah, but you can teach someone it almost as easily. Well, yeah. one of the things that we talk about all the time, like when we plan our teen training tracks and, and teen orientations and member intake processes, is that I have this fear of people being in a bit of like an inclusion, the kindness bubble here at Friendship Circle. And I don't yeah. want that to be popped when they walk out and are like, wait, why aren't they making space for that person? Or why did someone look at that person differently? I mean, I thought. And I that's where the I, I, I We were talking about that right before <laughs> you came in, actually. Yeah. And, and what can we do to, to empower you to like see the gaps in society when you walk out here so mm -hmm. that you have that confidence to say, like, I know it's not supposed to be that way because I've mm -hmm. experienced it somewhere else differently. And you shouldn't be made to feel a certain way. And you know that you shouldn't because you felt it mm -hmm. a different way. And you mm -hmm. should be able to advocate for yourself or for your friends or for whichever stranger you're seeing mistreated because you know that we can do better as a society. Mm -hmm. It's been done. And that's what we try to model. Um, over the years, when we go to Emma Kaufman camp, as you guys yeah. know, every summer, Friendship Day at EKC, and I've been going since 2008, wow. <laughs> or maybe even younger than that, but um, every summer to like, in the beginning was like recruiting, now it's become like Friendship Day at EKC, mm -hmm. and I used to ask like, how has Friendship Circle changed the way that you think about people? And like people would say, like, I used to think this and now I think that. Or I used to like, you know, not include people with disabilities. Now I do. Or I used to think that, you know, there's different ways of thinking. And now when I ask kids that question of what is, how has it changed? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is how we're, this is the expectation that we have of each other now. It's like and the baseline. That that's, Are yes. you like so proud of that? Like, I hope you feel so proud of that. That's a good question, Maya. Like, do you not feel like you've made the community like literally better? by, you know, changing people's mindset and fostering this place where, like, you're just kind to everyone. That's the norm. That's the expectation, right? Like, do you feel that you've had that impact on people? There are definitely days where I'm just, like, feeling so grateful that, Good. yes, like, Good. wow, this is this is an amazing place to be, and I'm, and I'm grateful for everything that we've been able to contribute to making it this way. And like I said, it also sometimes feels like such a responsibility that we need to do, we've done this much and now we need to, you know, make sure we're building on that. And kids are getting it now. Like, how do we, how do we make sure that once they, you know, kids that go to college are con continuing to make change in their new spheres of influence and, and so, yeah, I'm, we're really proud of everything Good. at Friendship Circle and also, um, you know, thankful to everybody that's helped us to build into what it is and excited for how much more there is that we can do. Good. That was a nice question. Yeah. Okay, so answer the question. How how do you, like, suggest, how do you, what's your advice for young people who are seeking to do good in their communities like you did? I think, home? like, really think about, like, what's important to you. Like, don't jump on someone else's cause just because, like, it seems like the right thing to do. Like, do things that, like, make your heart race a little bit, you know, and surround yourself with, with people who can help you get there. Like you don't have to have all the answers. Like, I don't think you have to have all the expertise either. You just need to say like, this is so important to me and I see a gap and I know that just by speaking out and talking about how important it is or, you know, doing things like I can get other people to help me advocate for whatever my, my issue is. And and not to wait until you're older. Like you can definitely do something now. And there's so many professionals in the community who want to back you up. Isla and I were just talking earlier how people love to hear youth voices. Because true. yeah, mm -hmm. you guys are like the the boots to the ground. Yeah. And in for all of us who are just trying to 
um, meet the needs of the youth of our community and help to support you into growing into the healthiest adults that you can be physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, use your voices because everyone really wants to support you and help you reach and achieve your dreams and goals. And don't wait until you're older. I can't say that enough. Like you yeah. can start something now. Really. <laughs> All right. Maybe we can okay. all go around. Ricky, okay. you can start us off. Okay. Share a favorite song, book, piece of media, okay. podcast, you said, Ooh. hobby, artwork, quote, um, that has helped you heal or has brought you joy. Okay. Well, like shameless plug for the wellness committee's playlist. Are we going to share a link to that? We yeah. That we so should have that. You guys have inspired me. We had a conversation the other night about like music being such an accessible tool to like joy yeah. and that like, why not? Tap into that. So I'm going to get in on that because music hasn't always been my go to. I love the You Can Do Hard Things podcast by Glennon Doyle. Oh my God. Did you read her book? Yes. Wait, which one? Mm -hmm. The first one? one No, I haven't done Untamed yet. I fell in love with Glennon Doyle. I don't also have a podcast. podcast. Yes. Because, I mean, just like you can do hard things. Like, all right, I'm in. She's she's (laughs) great. She's great. And her book is awesome. Guys, you can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. And then another thing that brings me joy lately is like waking up early. I'm not a morning person. Just How early is early? Like a little after five. That is, that is objectively very mm-hmm. early. And the reason it brings me joy, even though I really don't like getting out of bed, and it's so hard to get out of bed, is because I can like get myself together before I have to get the rest of my family up. That's and that it. brings me joy, being able to like yeah. show up in a better place for them first thing in the morning, like ready to roll. Like, here we go. Instead of. It actually sounds like a dream, just like very hard to do. Yes. And I'm very proud of like being able to do that. Something I worked really hard on and I recognize like I talk about showing up better. I show up better when I wake up before everyone else. What time do you go to sleep together? That's my question. That's the flip side. (laughs) I also love late nights and I love to hang out and waste time and and do things. So that's the commitment. So yeah. I have to be, I have to be sleeping by 11. Just, really? Like it's, that's great. I have to be sleeping by 11. I have definitely yeah, texted five. you past 11. I feel So like those are probably mornings that I don't, I, nope, not today. I'm my alarm I need clock. to call you out. I'm just wondering how that's like. So possible. there are days, so I'm not saying that I actually get up at five. I try. It's like, I know that I show up better when I do that yeah. and I do it as often as I can. And on days that I go to bed late and wake up as early, like the rest of my days just don't have as much joy. Well, I feel like that's a part of being human. Like you don't have to do it every day. Exactly. Or like do a perfect job. Yeah. Like it doesn't, you don't Mm -hmm. need 100% attendance of getting out of bed early. Like you're allowed to sleep in, give you, like, you know, when you wake up, if, if you just need 10 more minutes Mm -hmm. of lying in bed, or if you can get up and get ready for the day. Like I, I did, I agree with you. Like when I get up, like well, an hour early or not like an hour, like, like 30, <laughs> 30 minutes earlier for school. And I can like get ready and like actually figure it out and like be together and not be rushing out of the house. Like I get yeah. to school and my friends are like, wow, you look great today. And it's not cause like I have makeup on or like I'm dressed differently or anything. It's cause like I look ready for the day and yeah. like I'm awake and alive. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of effort put on the yeah. end of that. And that's the thing. But I think you're right about like, knowing when it's just not going to work today and like yeah. yes there's that that's what i can strive for but yeah if, if it's not working for you in that moment it's also okay to stay tonight i'm choosing a late night over right. getting a great start in the morning. Yeah. all right al you're up for this question yeah okay so first of all i want to say um even if you don't do a perfect job like how we were talking about mm-hmm. you can still be an inspiration to other people because about a year ago i was talking to ripkey this was like 
one of our first wellness fairs that we had December of 2021 when I was on uh, as a staff member. And I was talking about meditation and we're talking about how that doesn't really work for you. One of the things that you make sure to do is to wake up every morning and do like Pilates, like that's your you time. I was like, I, it really stuck with me. Um, (laughs) So it's something like in terms of like exercise, like one of my hobbies that I've been trying to do lately is just to like not do a perfect job, not do um, a personal fitness best job, right? Because I'm pregnant and that's not what it looks like anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, but just to like move my body. So whatever 100%. I feel like my body needs like that day um, in terms of exercise, it could it could literally be like breathing and stretching. And I'm like, hey, like I exercised today and like that makes me feel good. Or I walked for like, you know, mm. 15 minutes I walked or I did a walking video, which is really cheesy. I started doing walking videos. Um, and they, they're they really fun if you can get past that cheesy factor. And it is enjoyable. <laughs> so, like, making that little bit of time for myself um, that was passed on to me a while ago. And I'm trying to incorporate it and, like, being gentle with my expectations. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. All right, Isla, you're up. <sighs> I always get stressed with this question. <laughs> You're like, what books do I like? I know. Suddenly I'm like, shoot, I didn't prep. Um, so I would say music. I go like off and on. I know that music is so important for my mental health. But I actually like struggle with putting it on. Like I just, mm, I don't know. I, I like honestly don't even have the second to remember that I need mm. music in my life. Wow. So when I do listen to music, it's usually like in the genre of like Dean Lewis and yeah. Noah Kahan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just speak to like my mental health in the best way possible. So I would give it, yeah, that's, they're my shout out. We'll add them to the playlist. Awesome. Yes, for sure. Chloe, your turn. Um, I agree. This is a really hard question. I recently read um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a big reader, but. I have to say that after reading that, like my perspective is changed. And I feel like as, as not a reader, it's hard to have that perspective shift. So like immediately, like I had started reading and I was like, oh, oh, like connections were flying in my head. And it was, it really just like helped me realize that it was talking about success and how like we look at success differently than how it actually is. And the one that really stuck with me was that like, grades grade levels like the years are split up really poorly and so unfairly that it gives advantages to different people and um you know how like sometimes parents hold their kids back a grade at the very beginning and boys especially it's called graduating right Mm -hmm. um and it's because the cutoff is in november or so there's some kids that are with kids that are like full 12 months younger than them and Mm -hmm. at the ages of like I don't know, how old are pre-Kers and kindergarten like four kids? Five, like four or five. Like, that's a huge age gap. Like these four and five-year-olds who are six months different, like it's huge. Yeah, and like thinking about this now, like I'm at the top of that age gap. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would have been like stronger with those abilities than some of my other friends. Mm-hmm. So just like thinking about that and how like it's formed my life to now is just really interesting to see where I could go and where I'm going to go. Very interesting. Love okay. Put that on the board. Yeah. I'll yeah. answer yeah. my. So I think I talked about this a lot, but for the past, like, you know, four years, not four years, maybe 
pandemic, um, I read every night before bed. Yes. Like, I don't keep my phone right on my phone. I keep my phone in the bathroom. Mm, that's that's, so the, that's the biggest thing. I wish. Um, and, <laughs> <I could never. laughs> like, really, some <laughs> days I'm, like, wow, I'm really excited to just put my head down on the pillow and read oh, tonight. Yes. Like, it feels like I'm in this new world. And, like, I don't think I even realize how much this has helped me, like, to create division between my day and my sleep. Oh, wow. I think it's just you know, spoke volumes to actually how I perform and my sleep um, and not be on a screen before bed, we know has a lot of scientific research behind the positive, but like, you know, separating, going to another fictional world has just been like great for me. And I cannot recommend it to any, like I cannot recommend mm-hmm. enough. Like it sometimes it's three pages at night. Sometimes it's one page with my eyes closed before them, but like mm-hmm. having that division, I think is really great for me. Rifki, can you th- think of a time in your life where you were challenged, where your mental health was challenged? And can you tell us what strategies or techniques you used um, in the face of that? Okay, yeah, the bit. one piece I love that I was we were talking about earlier, and it, I feel like we may have covered it, but just to say it out loud, because I remember we talked about it now or then, was recognizing um, that I recognized over the pandemic the fulfillment bucket, the fulfillment list as a tool. That, like, oh. I realized how much... Um, I actually needed friendship circle for my own mm. mental health and that, that over the pandemic, like I was just struggling in general. And I realized that like not having that, like interfacing with people, mm-hmm. number one, but also like that sense of purpose, even though I was at home, like with four kids that I was taking care of and getting yeah. through the pandemic with, it was the sense of purpose that like I subscribed to that. I felt like I was good at that. I kind of needed mm-hmm. And um, my therapist at the time recommended that I write a fulfillment list just because at the end, I would say like at the end of the day, like I just like didn't feel like finished. Like it didn't feel like I fulfilled basically. And if we can, it was a really cool tool for me and I don't use it all the time, but sometimes if I'm like ending the day with like that empty feeling to look back at my fulfillment list and say like, okay, I know that like friends, work, kids, good food, exercise are all on my list and I only hit two out of six of those it makes sense and I'm feeling this way like okay now I can That's go to sleep so without being like oh shoot like what yeah. is wrong with my life I do too. <laughs> I should do that. Yeah, so just like being aware of like what brings fulfillment to you and I think during the during the shutdowns when I didn't have the things that I needed during my fulfillment during during that time like made me aware of okay these are things that bring me fulfillment every day and it's okay if I don't get to all of them every day but being able to acknowledge like why you're ending the day with that feeling of maybe a little bit more emptiness yeah. or less fulfillment yeah. than you would on other days and being able to point to the why and why not. Thank you so much, Rifki, for coming on here and sharing your experiences, um, your personal and also about the Friendship Circle. Um, it's really interesting and we loved having you here. So in today's episode, uh, we discussed um, the start of Friendship Circle and what Friendship Circle has turned into now. We discussed Um, about Rifki's life and just who she is, what she brings to Friendship Circle. The awesome girl boss she is. Yeah, just how amazing (laughs) she is. Um, Yeah, so we hope that you guys will continue to grow with us as we share stories about friendship and mental health and share resources um, in future episodes of the podcast. If you'd like to hear more stories and episodes like this one, um, feel free to subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel and to our YouTube Woo-hoo. channel. Woo-hoo. Um, 
we wishing you all well and thank you for tuning in and being part of our friendship family. Everyone together, three, two, one. Signing off from Friends on Air. Woo! Always wanted to say that. Woo!